Hello and welcome to Real Speak Real English with Andrew. English in context. If you've got an intermediate to advanced level of English, you will benefit from this podcast totally in English. You're going to learn idiomatic expressions, phrasal verbs, grammar, and vocabulary, all completely in context with Andrew, the most patient English teacher on the internet. Okay, so hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Real Speak, Real Talk with Andrew. Who's Andrew? Well, <laughs> Andrew, uh, that's who I am. I'm Andrew, and I'm here to talk in English to help you get from maybe an intermediate to an upper intermediate level of English to an advanced level of English. So, again, I did a podcast about why listen to this, why do this, how does this work? And I wanted to reiterate that, you know, getting to an advanced level is really difficult. I've been there, I've done it, I've forgotten it all. (laughs) I've forgotten it in two languages. I've forgotten my advanced level in French and I'm forgetting my advanced level in Spanish. But we'll come to that in a moment. Um, So why is this podcast going to be good? Well, it helps you with your listening skills. It's real English, spoken at a real speed, not too fast, not too slow, just a real speed that you can understand and listen to. And why just listening? Well, you can't just listen to learn, you see. You've got to read as well. And you've got to watch, you've got to interact with the language, you've got to do all kinds of things. So, when you listen to this, why not sit there with your notebook? Yeah, the notebook that you have for English. I assume you have a notebook where you write down phrases or grammatical terms or words that are new. If you don't have one, well, you should. And write down things in your notebook. Take notes. Take notes. Be real. Be responsible for your own learning. And take notes of anything that you find interesting and put them in your notebook. Use them again when you're speaking. If there's anything that you find really interesting or you would like me to talk about, then obviously, come on, let's have some comments in the comments section somewhere, whether it's on, you know, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, uh, realspeak.uk, my YouTube channel, anything like that. If you want me to talk about something, put it down because we need to practice English well I say we need to practice English I already know how to speak English but I'm here to help you you need to practice your English and it's your English not mine so if I'm here talking about things that I find interesting you might find them completely boring so let me know things that you find interesting we can talk about them we can discover we can Go deep dive. Deep dive, that's a nice phrase. We can deep dive into topics in English that you find interesting. Um, It's only the first few podcasts that I've done. We had a little break over the summer. But the general instruction to you guys is the same. Tell me what you want me to talk about. 
and we can investigate, we can develop, we can augment, we can enhance your vocabulary, we can add phrasal verbs, we can add idiomatic expression, we can add all manner of things that will get you a very high score in an IELTS exam or in a you know first certificate, Cambridge Advanced English, Cambridge Proficiency English or just talking about you know using your English at work what you need to develop what skills you need to to communicate with people from across the planet in a variety of virtual meetings and like kind of virtual meetings brings me on to the topic I want to talk about today which is social media is it a good thing is it a bad thing can we use it to learn well on the face of it if you you know if you've got kids or anything like that then social media can be a pretty bad thing um you don't really have control of what your kids are doing who they're talking to who they're speaking with uh what kind of images they're sharing or anything like that it can be a terrifying place for parents and it is a place because although it's virtual it's actually real and if you upload a photo to your I don't know, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, you upload it, somebody shares it, you've got no control. It's it, it's it's totally out of your control. Um so social media can be a very dangerous place. Um for kids. But when managed for kids and for adults too, I really think that the advantages outweigh the disadvantages. Social media is a better thing, it's a great thing rather than being a bad kind of evil thing uh, for example at the moment I'm having a weekly conversation through social media through Facebook um, in Spanish and I really I really love it the the woman that I'm talking to the girl that I'm talking to is really um, interesting we speak Spanish, we speak English, we share the language. And Spanish is un intercambio de idiomas, a language exchange. And I would really, really encourage people when they get to an upper intermediate to advanced level to start looking something out, like this out. Basically, it's free. You help somebody with your language, they help you with yours. It's free and it's fantastic. You can meet really interesting, nice people from across the planet. And it doesn't cost you a bean. It doesn't cost you a bean. It's free. It's to totally free. And you can practice language. You can help somebody develop their language skills. It's a superb opportunity. And there are loads and loads of groups on Facebook to help facilitate this. To help make this happen and that's a really good thing um, other things with social media that's really good obviously I lived in Spain for 10 years had it not been for social media then I would have found it very difficult to keep in touch with my fam family and friends as it was we used you know Facebook calls Skype WhatsApp and it was good it was a good way to keep in touch uh, with the older generation like my grandmother not so much she's 94 she doesn't have Facebook or Instagram or anything like that she hasn't got social media so now that I live back in the UK it, actually a telephone call a phone call traditionally although it's mobile to you know landline 
I don't know if you heard that phrase because not many people have it. But a landline is a phone that people have fixed to the wall in their house. It's a it's it's a fixed phone. It's not mobile. Um, it's connected to the wall. It's called a landline. It's a line. It's a telephone line that reaches somebody's house. Well, through the land. So landline. So that's how I phoned my grandmother because he doesn't have like a mobile, and she probably wouldn't be able to actually see to operate the buttons on the mobile anyway. But that's really good. It's a landline. It's not social media. Um, but social media is fantastic. I mean, I use social media um, to keep in contact with my cousin, for example. Um, you know, I've always been close to my cousin. Now we use it, social media, Facebook, Facebook Messenger. And I actually teach Spanish to my cousin and a couple of her friends through social media. I use, you know, Facebook Messenger to set the classrooms up. We've got a Google Meet that we use every week to actually deliver the class and talk about it. I use Google Classrooms to upload the materials um, so, you know, my cousin and her friends can get the, the, the Spanish that I've given them and they can put it into English and they can do the homework as well through Google Classroom, which to me, I guess, is a kind of social media. It's it's a learning environment. It's a, it's, it's a VLE, a virtual learning environment, and it's really good. And during the, 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 the lockdown, during the pandemic, during the coronavirus this, this year, um, it's about April or May or something like that, when I was working from home, my college made me work from home, I took a lot of hours out to get to my level two Google Educator exam and I passed it. And now I'm on to the, you know, Google Educator program now, trying to train people how to use Google, colleagues, friends, people in college, people in other institutions, how to use the Google suite of programs to take learning online. And I think this is really important because in this country, in the UK, where we're, we're facing, we're looking at, we're looking down the barrel of another lockdown. So our school's gonna have to go online again. You know, is face-to-face -face teaching gonna be suspended again? Well, if it is, then I'd like to be in the position to be able to train people how to effectively well, teach online because it's not uploading a PowerPoint. It's not uploading a Word document. It's not a language teacher saying, look at this and Duolingo. Oh, Duolingo, it's great. You, you can learn on this and na 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 na. That's denegation of responsibility. That's out farming, outsourcing, giving responsibility to somebody else or something else in this case, a green owl with an application. Language teachers shouldn't be doing that. And teachers in general really don't need to be uploading PowerPoint presentations or PDFs or Word documents or Google Docs documents or anything like that and saying, study this and then answer some questions because that's not what the internet's for they have to harness they have to make use 
of online teaching. Flip the classroom, you know. Show, show the kids a YouTube video about what you're going to talk about. If it's French, it could be the passé composé. It could be avoir un être. If it's Spanish, it could be the preterito indefinido. If it's English, it could be, I don't know, the... Um, Past simple, past perfect, anything like that. Show a video about it. Make the kids think about something they want to talk about. And then answer their questions and doubts in class online. Having flipped the classroom so they already understand theory. Then answer the questions in the class. Give them tasks to do. Now, tasks. This is fundamental in language learning because normally we look at, you know, if we're in a classroom, we get activities, you know, speak with your partner about this. OK, today we're talking about modal verbs. So speak with your partner about what you must do and what you cannot do. Well, activities like that, they're not really communicative. The learners are involved in a little bit of expression. Uh, to an extent an interpretation of meaning it's not fully communicative it's structured it's stable it's staged it's false really and you know working in pairs same thing you know if I'm teaching conversational Spanish or holiday Spanish I don't want people working in pairs about okay person A is the waiter in the restaurant and person B is the client no because person A's life experience will never be as a waiter in Spain. It's always going to be the client. So the homework is, imagine that you're in a restaurant and you've got a complaint to make. Make the complaint. You know, because that's what you do in real life. You wouldn't have a conversation about why the chicken was raw. You'd just say, well, this chicken is raw. It's not properly cooked. Can you take it back to the kitchen? and have it properly cooked for me. So working in pairs really is yeah, it's partially communicative, but it's not authentic, it's not real, it's not in context, it doesn't help. But if you talk about a task-based activity, then that is in context, that is real, and that is how you can express yourself in another language. I used to do this when I had my own business in Spain, you know? I get kids to go, teenagers, to go work at home in groups, collaborate in Google Docs or Google Slides because it's collaborative T to work out a presentation or a document or a YouTube video for the next class. And some of them were absolutely incredible. I've seen people talking about, you know, their passions. I've seen, you know, 15, 16 year old boys talking about Real Madrid or Barcelona football and how you know involved they were in going to see football matches and things like that. I've had you know 15, 16, 17 year old girls talking about things they've seen in magazines like maybe Victoria's Secret or something. It was a bit creepy, a bit weird but something like that that's really interested them and they've wanted to talk about it or you know the what's that family um the Americans that are famous just for the sake of being famous, Kardashians or Kardashians or something like that. I've seen people talking about that because that's what they were interested in. That's what they were into. That's what they were keen on. And that's what they wanted to talk about. 
and those conversations this is like getting teenagers up in front of a class with a powerpoint or a google slides to talk about something in which they're interested in and that is far more relevant than talking about you know oh at seven o'clock i get up then i have my breakfast at 7 30 i brush my teeth at 7 45 i have a shower at eight o'clock i'm dressed at 8 15 i walk to school at nine o'clock i get to school in the real world who talks about this for god's sake it doesn't exist but that's what textbooks keep talking about you see so task-based learning talking about your experiences talking about things that interest you that's a far more credible way to learn a language than any textbook can ever provide and also speaking about textbooks hmm, i okay i've lost some of my spanish level but it's it's coming back through to my language exchange on the internet which is brilliant and when i'm talking in spanish i don't think along the lines of verb paradigms or verb tables that you, they make you learn in school, like uh, yo tengo, tú tienes, él tiene, nosotros tenemos, and so on. Your brain doesn't work like that. And it's the same in English when I say, you know, I have in the present, I had in the past, I had had in the further past than that, without using the grammatical, grammatical tenses, your brain doesn't work like that. You learn it in context. So, I had had a dream. Well, it doesn't make sense, does it? But grammatically, it's correct. So, why learn things that way? Learn things in context. Listen to this. Listen to other podcasts. Note things down. Notice things that you may not have noticed before about the language. Like you think, oh, Andrew's saying something like this. Or Andrew's talking about that, but he's used that little piece of grammar that I wasn't quite sure about. And if you weren't quite sure about it, a little bit of a subjunctive in English there, if you weren't quite sure about it, write it down. Next time you have your language exchange or you're speaking to somebody on the internet, use that grammatical structure, use that vocabulary, get it from like sleeping in your mind to being in your mouth. Dormant vocabulary, dormant grammar, things we understand but we don't always use. Well, get using them, get speaking, get a language exchange on the internet, keep listening to this, keep writing things down, listen to other podcasts, write things down too, watch videos on YouTube, watch series on Netflix, write things down, half an hour a day, write things down, you might understand or you might need clarification on, if you need clarification, fair enough, it's good, use these things to clarify what you already know what you think you already understand what you don't understand yet don't worry about it because if you're listening to this you've already got a good level of english yeah if you can understand me speaking or you can speak to me in conversational classes on the internet you've already got a very good level of english so let's push it up let's up the ante Let's make it more. Let's get you to the next level up in your English and find out what's relevant for your English, 
not what's relevant for somebody else's English, yeah? So keep listening to this. Listen to other things that interest you. Watch videos. Watch Netflix. Engage with the language every day. And you're doing the right thing. And if you followed this to the end, then well done. Because you may not have understood every single word that I've used. But you've probably got the gist. You've probably understood the general message. And if you have understood every word, then fantastic. You've got a very high level of English. If you haven't, don't worry. Keep listening. Keep going with this. Until the end, keep listening every time. And I'm sure that within six months to a year, your level of English will go exponentially through the roof. Your English will be far better than you could have ever imagined. So let's keep doing this. This is not my podcast. This is your podcast. So please, somebody at some point, give me some ideas of what you want me to talk about. And I'll talk about them. Something that interests you. Not something that interests me. I'm here to help you. But to help you, it's got to be for your English. Not mine. Not somebody else's. So suggest some topics. These podcasts are available on, you know, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, I'm trying to make them available on Amazon. But then if you happen to work through a VPN or a firewall to get to them, fantastic, fair play, really good. You found it. I hope you enjoy it. Give me some feedback. Let me help you. Help me to help you. Um, and this is how we'll do these podcasts, okay? So I look forward to the next one. Um, give me some feedback, please. Bye. And thank you for listening to the end of this episode. As always, if you'd like to find the transcriptions, please visit our website, www.realspeak.uk. Or in the bottom of the podcast here, you can find the transcription too. And thank you for listening. Take care. See you next time.